From PQED in San Francisco, this is the Writer's Block. Hello, this is William Gibson. I'm going to be reading from Distrust That Particular Flavor, my nonfiction collection. And this is part of the introduction. And therein, I think, lies most of how one learns to write fiction. We have to learn to write fiction, but we have already, to varying degrees, had to learn to read it. And I felt like quite a good reader of fiction when I began to write fiction, or at least a good reader of that fiction which I most keenly enjoyed. And thus are we shaped as writers, I believe, not so much by who our favorite writers are as by our general experience of fiction. Learning to write fiction, we learn to listen for our own acquired sense of what feels right based on the totality of the pleasure or its lack that fiction has provided us. Not direct emulation, but rather a matter of a personal microculture. Knowing how seriously aspiring writers of fiction can take advice from more established writers of fiction, I'm generally reluctant to say more than, if you wish to learn to write fiction, it helps if you've read a lot of it before you begin to try, and that in any case, you'll likely need to spend a lot of time discovering how to try, and then a lot more time trying. I don't really remember anything very specific about learning to drive other than a neat trick for parallel parking, and learning how to write fiction is a lot like that, except for no terrified instructor in the passenger seat, though in a way we each provide one of those as well. Eventually, I was able to write something like a story, and it was published, however obscurely. Later, after what seemed like dozens of false starts, I wrote several more. I began to meet other people who were attempting to write science fiction and noticed that most of them had found ways to write and to be read that didn't involve payment. Science fiction had long been surrounded by a generations-deep compost of fanzines a sort of paper internet, and this could be extremely engrossing and apparently gratifying. But after trying that avenue of publication a few times, I decided to avoid it. My decision, such as it was, ran something like this. I am in the process of discovering that place from which my fiction comes, and the process may best be served by limiting the act of writing to the writing of fiction which I might reasonably expect to sell. I don't offer this by way of advice, though, because some writers clearly thrive on exactly the opposite path. The distinction I was making wasn't between paid versus unpaid exactly, it wasn't about whatever sum might be involved. It was about a certain demonstration of agency. It involved a harsher dichotomy, 
Every word written or written then subtracted, which is often more important, contributed to the possibility or not of an event happening in the world outside oneself. Either someone whose rent was paid by their job of selecting stories, someone for whom it actually mattered, could be induced by my words on a page to buy my story, or they couldn't. This seemed like magic to me, and it still does, as if the right runes scratched in the dirt could produce a bag of groceries. Once you've managed to do this successfully, doing it again isn't quite so much about the groceries as about the peculiar wonder of it. The door into fiction writing space began to open more easily and more regularly. A huge amount of the thing is simply practice, but that practice for me had to be practice in the actual writing of fiction. The itch to become a writer could be scratched, I suspected, too easily with other kinds of writing. Self-discipline never having been my strong suit, I became uncharacteristically strict with myself about writing only fiction, which is why I've never felt entirely comfortable with the pieces collected here. They are violations of that early prime directive. They aren't fiction. Worse, they somehow aren't quite non-fiction either, it feels to me, because they were written from the fiction-writing place, the only writing place I had, with fiction-writing tools, the only writing tools I had. I didn't feel adequately professional writing nonfiction. I felt as though I was being paid to solo on some instrument vaguely related to one I actually knew how to play. I had no formal training in journalism. The idea of keeping a diary or journal had always made me uncomfortable. The idea of direct, unfiltered autobiography made me even more uncomfortable. By the time I began to occasionally be asked to write nonfiction, the membrane surrounding the fiction writing place had been sanded to a workable thinness, was porous. The world washed in, if I was lucky, and was transformed. On a good working day, I watched as some largely unconscious process turned reality, or what passed for it, into fantasy, which was what I had wanted, how I had wanted to make my living. To write nonfiction felt worryingly counter to that. And yet, opportunities to visit new places to meet interesting people, a certain permission to ask questions, these things can prove extraordinarily valuable to a writer of fiction. The peculiarity quotient of the stuff washing in through the membrane rises. One is in Tokyo, one is in Singapore, one is in the Zona Rosa or in an after-hours club in Dublin, and someone else is paying for it, is paying for you to be exactly there, doing approximately that, and the fiction-writing place, though you don't notice it at the time, benefits. The lure of that got me out there doing something I secretly felt I probably shouldn't quite be doing. 
The results are collected here along with some talks, an even more problematic form for me, because writers, it seems to me, should write, not make speeches. But speeches, like quasi-journalistic writing assignments, can come attached to plane tickets, to hotel rooms in cities one might never have thought of visiting otherwise. In writing speeches, curiously, one sometimes finds out what one thinks at that moment about something, the world at large, say, or futurity, or the impossibility of absolutely grasping either. Generally, they make me even more uncomfortable to write than articles. But later, back in the place of writing fiction, I often discover that I have been trying to tell myself something. When I taught myself to write fiction, I eventually accepted that I had learned to do what passes for the writing of fiction when I'm the one doing it. The volume on the imposter syndrome module decreased. Writing nonfiction, I've often felt as though I'm applying latex paint to the living room walls with a toothbrush. The volume on the module shoots up. Perhaps people will assume that the resulting texture is deliberate. Perhaps not. Writing fiction is a unique activity for me, a neurological territory, an altered state. Writing nonfiction isn't quite, but I'm gradually coming to accept that I've learned to do what passes for the writing of nonfiction when I'm the one doing it. The following pieces are performed then, on the African thumb piano, an instrument I scarcely know how to play. They were composed, however, on one that has no name and which I am yet to see. To subscribe to the Writer's Block and hear more stories, visit kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED.